Hashtag murder may contain explicit and disturbing material and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Hashtag Murder! Woo-hoo-hoo. I'm Scark. I'm Alex. And we're millennials who love murder. And White Claw at 10 a.m. <laughs> well, it's almost 10.30. Yeah, it's almost 10.30. It's fine. Uh, you gotta get lubed up before yeah. we get going. We do our best when we're a little... <laughs> Kind of a little buzz going on. A little buzz, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Also, um, I was recording, or not recording, I was editing uh, that episode we just recorded, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize how angry I was. <laughs> I was getting super angry. Which one? Uh, uh, Robert Hansen? Hansen. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, that man is just, <sighs> white men and cops, they just piss me off. Yeah. They're all buddies. Just, They're all friends. It just pisses me off. Ed like, Kemper. What the fuck? Uh, Daniel Hires. <laughs> yeah. Ted Bundy. Oh, it's all a thing. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, well, once again, speaking of white guys, I have a funny story. <laughs> I have a funny story about Derek and Dustin. Okay, so whenever I was at work, two of our neighbors who we've never met before mm-hmm. came walking by and Dustin and Derek were out front and they were A, picking weeds and B, feeding ducks. Oh my God. <laughs> Which is something Dustin does, like, all the time. Because he's he loves his lawn. <laughs> he does. Uh, and so these neighbors, they were talking, they talked for, like, ten minutes, and not once did Dustin or Derek mention that they were brothers. <laughs> so by the end of it, <laughs> these two neighbors thought that they were, like, gay lovers. They look alike. <laughs> God, it was really fucking funny. Of course, I wasn't here. I was working. That's even better than that lady at Target thinking that Dustin was your dad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, it's too funny. I love it. Um. So how have you been? I am great. I had a long weekend, which is nice. Yeah. Um, Clinton is dispatching today for oh. the team, so he's, he's being me. Okay. Plus which him, he hates doing. He hates doing. He's I'm not like, very good at multitasking. <laughs> uh, the ADHD is so strong in that one. Uh, but, like... <laughs> They, I'm like, I do this fucking shit all the time when you're on vacation or paternity leave uh, mm-hmm. for weeks, sometimes a month or a month and a half at a time. I don't know what the problem is for you doing it one day. I know. But the team gives him a really hard time because he's he likes to send them to these outrageous places. <laughs> like A couple weeks ago, he gave somebody a job that was like at a rundown motel. I'm like, don't think we need to go there. I don't think we need to go there. I don't think they're buying. Oh, shit. That's really funny. Oh, man. Uh, well, we're we're going to we're going to get right into this one. And it's bonkers and i have to say why does she spell her name wrong well it's pronounced that way it's not it's not miranda no it's it's Miranda. it is yeah uh so i I picked this one for the names (laughs) because the names are absolutely ridiculous um but it ended up being like a pretty interesting case oh yeah you just picked it because the last name was boob but i did I did, uh, but it's actually very interesting. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna dive right in here. So we're going in the way back machine to 1982, which Aww. is. <laughs> It's when Dustin and Clinton were born. Yeah, the year of our Lord. Clinton and Dustin Brain. Um, so this is the same year that little Miranda comes into the world. It's Miranda, not Miranda. <sighs> Pretentious. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, so Miranda was adopted at the age of four months old in a private adoption to Marlene and Mark Heitzelman. Cool. And I really, really tried to find Miranda's birthday. Could not find it, but I'm going to assume she's a Leo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, but also, does um, she have big boob energy? She does have big boob energy. Is a thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I know that she's not a Leo because based on dates and when she was arrested, she was probably born in January, February. But that's okay. We can think she's a Leo. Okay. Yeah. She's. It could be her rising sign. I don't know. I, okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Mama Marlene was thrilled by the idea of being a mother, but Mark, on the other hand, wasn't too happy about it, and Mark states that he was against the adoption from the beginning. Um, I don't think that you should adopt a child <laughs> if you don't want if one. If you don't want one. You could just simply not. Yeah, you could just not do that, um, but he wanted to please his wife, Marlene, so they went through it anyway, which is weird. <laughs> Uh, but Mark later says that after the first time he held little Miranda, all those feelings of not wanting to adopt went away, and he loved her immediately. Oh, gushy, gushy, love, love. Yeah. Um, so, Miranda grew up as an only child, and she was spoiled rotten. And Miranda and her family lived in Center Hall, Pennsylvania. Once again, it's another small, sleepy town surrounded by farmland. It's a city of about 1,200 people. Miranda was a cheerleader. She had a bunch of friends. Her parents gave Miranda a great life. Whereas if she hadn't been adopted, she wouldn't have had to live, or gotten the chance to live this lavish kind of lifestyle uh which were her father's words not mine oh dad has big white guy energy he does uh which oh. we're <laughs> which we're gonna get to here in just a little bit uh and i'm like i'm happy that miranda was adopted and adoption is wonderful mm-hmm. um it just i think they got a little carried away and uh, she was an only child oh so they're like doting on her yeah whatever the fuck she wanted uh-huh oh yep yes yep it's a thing and just like <laughs> Like you just said, uh, Mark's a little pretentious. Um, I don't like him. Are we in how pleasant? <laughs> I don't like him at all. But he owns a very successful funeral home in Center Hall, uh, which is really cool. Um, I like that, but I do not like him. Hmm. So, sorry, Mark. <laughs> also, I feel like I'm going to rag on these people a lot. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. Um, so, the Sturs funeral home that's like in Mount Pleasant and everywhere around here. Yeah. That's the funeral home we used to bury my mom when I was a kid. But I met the owners of it and like his sons and stuff that help him with the business. And they're really fucking nice people. Oh. Like super down to earth. Like, yeah. Really friendly. I feel like you have to be. nice. Like, yeah, they were great. Yeah. I feel like you have to be that kind of like nurturing, caring. Like kind of tender. Yeah. But all of the boys were like that. Huh. Interesting. Cool. Uh, anywho, Miranda loved children, gross, but apparently her love of children came from being an only child. She was always babysitting and hanging out around kids whenever she got the chance. Um, and she even worked at the preschool that her mother owned that was ran out of a church basement. And the daycare was called Sprouting Tree Daycare. That's kind of a cute name. It is cute. I do like that. And Miranda worked here while she was in college, and then she worked there full time after she graduated. And Miranda was very sweet and good with the kids, especially the ones who were, like, lonely or felt left out. You know, she's an only child. So she gets that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is sweet. But a coworker of hers stated that her role at the preschool was never really clearly defined. Like, she wasn't a teacher. She wasn't the director. She wasn't the assistant director. So, like, she was just kind of there. Um, and she would just wander from classroom to classroom, making small talk, hanging out with the kids, spreading gossip. Like, not really doing... <laughs> she didn't really work there. Yeah, she was just kind of hanging <laughs> she out. She was just there. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so Miranda's got these loving parents. She's got the job she loves, which she went to college. So I'm not really sure why she didn't like do something with that. Like she graduated from college and she went back to the preschool. I don't know. Interesting. Who knows? But she's missing that special something. A man. Ew. Yeah. And Miranda didn't do like a whole lot of dating. She loved going out and hanging out with her friends, but dating wasn't really a thing for her. And when she did date, she often went for the bad boy. Oh, make mommy and daddy probably daddy most mad. 
Yeah, her parents did not approve of most of her love interests. And Mark actually says, and I quote, I wanted someone who would take care of her in the same style that she was used to. I didn't want someone who didn't look like they would be productive to me. Oh, what a fucking... <laughs> and he says it with like a smirk on his face. He sounds like uh, <laughs> Betty Williams' what? dad. Yeah. Like, ain't nobody good enough for my daughter. Yeah. Or like the Caffey family, kind of like that. But in like a, just like kind of a gross, I don't know. Like you, like you don't want anything for your daughter besides that she gets married, pops out kids, and has yes. a husband. That yeah, that's what hates. he wants. Yeah, it doesn't matter her. what you it doesn't want. doesn't matter what she wants. <laughs> it doesn't matter what she wants, because, you know, apparently this is the 1950s. What year is this? Uh, we're in 2002. Like, Jeez. early 2000s. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we're not in the 50s. No. <laughs> I know. What? Oh, man. Okay, so, in 2002, when Miranda's 20 years old, she meets the man of her dreams, 22-year-old Samuel Sammy Boob. <laughs> One of my favorite things. His last Boobs. name is Boob. Alex, I can't. It's Boob. Boob. <sighs> Mr. and Mrs. Boob. <laughs> I would not be keeping that last name. Oh, oh my god! If they had god. a baby, they would be baby baby boob, boob. <laughs> baby boob, baby baby boy boob one and baby, baby boy, boy boob, boob two. two. Oh my god. Okay. Um so Miranda meets Sam at this powder puff football game and they bonded over their mutual love for Miranda's car. <laughs> which what? was a red which was a red Mustang. I bet Daddy bought that. Uh he did. So they're both car people. I don't I don't understand car people. I really don't. Uh my first well, she wasn't my girlfriend in high school, but kind of my girlfriend. She had a red Mustang. Uh, um yeah, and that that car was really fucking cool. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, okay, so Sam had asked if he could drive her Mustang, and Miranda says sure, and that was the way they met. So weird. So, oh, and Mark, Miranda's father, states that he and Marlene had promised to get Miranda this red Mustang if she graduated from high school. He didn't say when, he said if. So, Miranda's not really the, I don't think she's the brightest bulb. <laughs> it, uh, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you got high hopes for your daughter. That's why he wanted her to have a good man. Yeah. He knew that she wasn't good at She wasn't going to make it on her own oh, god <laughs> you know this is called this thing called nurturing and giving your child enrichment you know uh, uh like it'll make them smart if you you know spend time with your child like, maybe read to them yeah oh man so yeah Jesus. apparently she wasn't super smart so shortly after this miranda starts inviting sam over to the house with her parents and they become like a thing and marlene approved of sam because of his strong christian background because this is the most important feature of a human being their strong christian background Oh, you know, <laughs> that uh, was sarcasm. <laughs> zombie Jesus is not my thing, uh, but to each his own. Uh, yeah. Okay. So Sam worked at the Solid Waste Company. He deals with shit every he day. He deals with shit every day. Yeah. Listen, those guys make a lot of money. They do. Yeah. He was he was pretty well off. Um, And Sam was the head of maintenance. And Sam was a very, like, mechanical man. He would also restore old machinery, like tractors and shit, and flip them to make extra money. You can make a lot of money doing that. And, like, it's... Oh, yeah. It's you can hard, take a rundown. It's a hard job. Not everybody can do that. Like, props to Sam. Plus, I know. like, he probably just went to trade school with for that or learned on his own, which is a really impressive to me. Yeah. He could have just learned on his own, mm -hmm. which is even cooler. Yeah. Um. Okay. So Sam has this little side hustle and the money he made from that went to spoiling his new girlfriend, Miranda. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, and uh, one of the gifts he got for Miranda was a custom hot pink John Deere tractor that he put Miranda's deer on the side of. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty sweet, I guess. Like if you're into that kind of thing, I feel like uh, like Sugar would love that. <laughs> she would. She would. Yeah. A hot pink tractor. Uh, okay. Side note: Sam is very popular around town. He's a bit of a ladies' man, and he was blonde. And according to Marlene, Miranda's mother, he was buff. Oh. 
which is funny. Uh, but Sam only had eyes for Miranda, and in May of 2003, after dating for like a year, they get married. It's real quick. Yeah, and the reason for this quick marriage was because Miranda fell pregnant. Dun dun dun. <laughs> You must get married. You cannot have a child out of wedlock. Yeah, can't be doing that. You gotta marry that person and be with them until the day you die. Yep. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, anyway, so after this quasi-questionable marriage, um, with the help of Miranda's parents, the newlyweds buy a gorgeous house. It's this cute, cabiny kind of looking house, and it's on a lot of land. Like, this is a great setup. And the land also has this huge, like, workshop building. It's bigger than the house, so Sam can get out there and work on all of his projects. Yeah, and has store all of his stuff in, like, one space that's not in the regular home, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and it's huge. I mean, it's crazy. And this house is so cute. It's, like, floor-to-ceiling windows. Like, it's really... Oh. Yeah, it's very, very nice. Very nice. So, Miranda and Sam get to get non grow in their family. And over the next five years, they'll have three children together, which is too many kids in a oh, small amount of time. They were like rabbits. Yeah, that's Ooh. too many kids. So, with all these kids in this super nice home, Miranda and Sam are a little too over their heads financially. Oh, boy. Yeah, they were living a very expensive life and like popped out all these babies and just could not keep up in the money department. And at one point, Sam got roped. He got roped into a multi level market scheme and i think it was like juice related i don't know what oh like the herbalife stuff (laughs) or Uh, like thrive or yeah Uh, i don't know what he was thinking um but he put a lot of money into it and he didn't really get anything out of it as you usually don't yeah so what does miranda do she goes crawling back to mommy and daddy to ask for help with paying the bills because they were like way behind and especially on their mortgage payment uh so that's not good and miranda and sam's monthly income essentially equaled their home mortgage payment yeah they're struggling so they were house poor oh yeah Definitely. Also, it didn't help that Miranda had a bit of a shopping problem. I'm not surprised here. Yeah, she bought the latest and greatest for herself and her three children, and she couldn't be stopped. Like, the girl could shop. And she didn't understand budgeting or smart spending or anything because she grew up with her parents who spoiled her. Yeah, they were like, you can have whatever you want. Yeah, so she didn't really understand that. She needs to go on the uh, Clinton financial plan. (laughs) Yeah. Which Uh, means you're poor all the time, even though you're not. Even though you're not, yeah. Uh, So, with the excessive spending, and them not really being able to afford just like their home and basic bills, there's some tension going on between Miranda and Sam. And by their sixth wedding anniversary and three kids later, it's very clear that things are not going well in the boob household. Actually, things had already not been going well whenever they had the first two kids and they decided to add that third one because adding more children is always the answer to a failing marriage. (laughs) Yeah, you could just pop up the Band-Aid baby. Yeah. Pop it on there. <laughs> Let's just have another one. I'm sure this will fix everything. So, Sam was always out working in the garage or at work. So, Miranda was left at home to watch over the kids and clean and cook and, you know, all the things a good wife should be doing. Yes, because that's all we're good for is yeah. popping out babies. <laughs> and cleaning, cleaning your house. And cleaning and cooking. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Uh, so, Miranda's starting to feel a little neglected by her husband, Sam. So, fast forward a little to August of 2009. Miranda's out shopping and she stops at a drugstore. Oh, you know what? She should have just called Stacy Castor and gotten some advice from her. <laughs> <laughs> she should have. Yep. Uh, Stacy had it down, man. Uh, until she didn't. Or until she got caught. Yeah. Okay. So she stops at this drugstore. And Miranda catches the eye of a man named Ron Heichel. And in this documentary I watched, they kept describing Ron as like this super handsome man. No, he's not. His face is so small. And his forehead is so big. Oh, it's like Matt Stafford <laughs> where his like face is real squished onto his like, It's like in the head. lower part of his Yeah. Face. I don't know. But they kept saying he was really handsome and well, like a catch. Know, 
secret love affairs, you always find them handsome, even if they're ugly. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but apparently he was super charming and outspoken, so, like, maybe, I don't know, maybe that made, a, made him be cuter. I don't she know. just wanted attention, and she wasn't getting it from Sam. Oh, yeah. So this wrong guy strikes up a conversation with Miranda, and apparently it was a bit of, like, a spicy conversation. You, Miranda, at, you are supposed to be a good Christian woman. I know, and they're at a drugstore. Uh, but Miranda's loving this attention from this random man, so Ron asks for Miranda's phone number. Miranda says no, because she's married, and then Ron says he doesn't care, so Miranda gives Ron her number. What the? No, that's not the answer. <laughs> that's not how it works. You just say no again. Yeah, um, and she's super excited about this whole situation. It's so weird. And also, I'm gonna rag on Miranda again, because oh also in this documentary, in both documentaries, they kept saying how beautiful she was. I need to look up a picture of her. Let me check the goofs. Okay, one moment. Um, I mean, she's not ugly. She's this... really not ugly. She's not ugly, but I wouldn't but say she's, she's drop dead gorgeous. No, it's like she's average looking, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like she's got pretty eyes and I don't know. Yeah, but there were some photos of her where she looked completely insane. <laughs> like the smile on her face was like crazy. I... So anyway. Oh, and one of Miranda's co-workers actually wrote an article about this whole thing like after it happened. Um, And she was talking about Miranda and she said, quote, she had an aura of entitlement that felt so out of place that it was easy to dismiss. And quote, her hair was wavy and she used a lot of gel to hold it in place and the gel made it look like her hair was wet all the time. Oh, like scrunching your hair? Yeah. Um, and that she was always very tan despite living in Pennsylvania. So it doesn't really sound like anyone really liked her. So now Miranda and Ron have each other's phone numbers and they begin texting. And Miranda doesn't see anything wrong with this since they're not like dating or having an affair. They're just texting. It's still so it's cheating. Fine. It's still cheating. <laughs> so it's fine. Whatever. Uh, so over the course of the next few days, Miranda and Ron are texting and calling and Miranda's loving it. She's eating up all this new attention. So Miranda is learning more about Ron, and she learns that he is a child of a single mother. He had a sibling, but the sibling was adopted out to another family, and Ron had a rough childhood. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She's just, he's just like the opposite of what uh, like she grew up with. Yes. Yeah. Um, and his mother didn't have much money. She dated terrible men. He just didn't have a super good upbringing. And that a few years earlier, Ron was in this terrible motorcycle accident, and he almost didn't make it, and had to like learn how to walk again, which, same. Same. <laughs> It's not fun learning how to walk again. Uh, so Ron had this really positive outlook on life, and Miranda was just really drawn to him and really liked him. So Ron learns that Miranda is unhappy in her marriage, and Ron is overwhelmed with this, like, burning desire to help her get out of it. Ron wants to be Miranda's knight in shining armor. Barf. Yeah. Fucking barf. Miranda is fine. Like She's fine. And if she's not fine, she can get out of it on her own. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She doesn't need your help. So they're texting and chatting more and more. Ron finally asked Miranda out to coffee or for coffee um, because they've only been phone affairing at this time so Ron's wanting to take it to the next level and Miranda doesn't really know what to do. Oh, I bet she like worked up this like sad sob story about how awful her husband Sam is and yada 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 yada. I'm sure that's what she did. Oh yeah. And I mean she lived in this beautiful house. She has three children. Mm -hmm. Sam is described as like this really nice nobody had anything bad to say about Sam. No. So, He's probably just <sighs> stressed out and working in the garage to try to make, make more money make more money to get them out of this hole that they dug themselves in because Miranda that she dug themselves she or, she dug yeah. them into that hole by her spending habits like you don't yeah. need to live in a home like that you can live in a home that you can afford yeah oh my god so she doesn't really know what to do because if she pursues things with Ron her marriage might end and she's got these three kids and Sam and maybe this isn't the best idea mm -hmm. so Miranda's in a pickle so uh this is about to escalate pretty quickly here so fast forward a little bit to August 23rd 
3rd, 2009. It's just a couple weeks after they met, right? Yes. Okay. Like, literally two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And Center County Dispatch receives a call from a woman in distress at around 10.07 a.m. And this woman is saying things like, I think he's been shot. I think he's dead. I love you, baby. Things are bad. Things are real bad. So emergency services show up to the house and Miranda is on the front lawn. And behind her is her husband, Sam's lifeless body. Oh, not good. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Miranda's the one who made that phone call. And Sam's body was laying face down on the pavement right outside the garage with a shotgun blast through the back. So um, he was shot running, probably, or facing yes. the other direction? Oh. Yeah. Doesn't sound like self-defense to me. No. No, it sure doesn't. Um, Miranda also calls her parents, and she's in a panic, and she says that Sam has been shot, and her parents were in church at the time whenever they received the phone call, so Marlene and Mark leave church immediately and go to the boob household. And when they get there, Miranda's losing it. She's crying, she's screaming, she's hitting the ground. Like, she's being really great at this whole griefing wife thing. I would say that's a bit much. <laughs> I know everybody <laughs> grieves differently. Yeah, which is in stark contrast to how she will behave at the funeral um, a little bit later on. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, so detectives start their investigation and see that Sam has been hit with not one, but two shotgun blasts. Ooh. Yeah, the first was in the side of his chest, and the second was in the back, um, and he actually had burn marks on his back, so the gun was super close whenever it was fired. And he was also missing some fingertips, so he was, like, trying to block the shot oh, like with his hand. His, yeah, like he put his hand over the gun or something. And... Yeah. Okay. Oh, which is super sad. And, like I said, by all accounts, Sam was, a, Sam was a great guy. Yeah. And everybody loved him, so, yeah. And he did his best to spoil his wife. He did, yeah. Bought her that tractor. Hot pink tractor. Hot pink tractor. Yeah. Janie uh, Deer. Yeah. Oh, Janie, dear. <laughs> That's cute. Uh, okay, so investigators believe that Sam walked into his garage and was caught off guard by this shooter. And that he was initially shot in the garage, he'd stumbled out, and was shot again in the back at point-blank range. Which is so fucking, like, scary and tragic. Yeah. So investigators want to see if Miranda has seen anything, and if she had any idea of what was going on. And Miranda states that they all got up that morning, her and Sam and the three kids, and that Sam had been out in the garage earlier, and that they were getting ready to go to church, and that Sam had made a pancake breakfast, fun, and that Sam went out back to the garage, 10 minutes passed, and Miranda thought that they were going to be late for church, so she looks outside and sees Sam lying in the driveway. And then she runs outside, attempts CPR, and then calls 911. Sorry, you didn't hear the gunshot? Yeah, two like, gunshots. Two, and it's a shotgun. It's loud. And the house is only, like, a driveway away from the garage. Like, it's not a big distance. No, and you're gonna hear that, like, you could hear that kind of gunshot if it happened like under a football field away from you oh yeah oh my god so with this information oh and the kids are home the kids the are whole, there this entire time yeah oh what the fuck yeah they're getting ready to go to church like it's mm, mm, yeah okay so, with this information, investigators thinking, or investigators are thinking, that Sam has stumbled across a burglar. They were being burgled. Burgled! <laughs> the hamburglar's here! Yeah. Uh, and then maybe Sam has startled this person, and then they shot him? Like, who burglarizes a home at 10 a.m. <laughs> when there's obviously people home? Uh, well... Mm, there might have been we'll get to that um and maybe that this potential burglar thought they were at church and that no one would be home because okay. yeah because everyone goes to church in this town because yeah, pennsylvania okay <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so, I mean, eh, I don't know. Um, and this theory is compounded by the fact that there's a carnival in town and that carnies may have broken into the place to steal the boob family's shit. It was the carnies. <laughs> yeah, leave the carnies alone. God. And this carnival that was in town is, like, allegedly riddled with crime. They have all kinds of assaults, thefts. It's really not a safe place to be, which is weird. Like, well, that's, that's usually how carnivals are because, like, <laughs> you know, you don't have to run through a background check or anything to work for a carnival. They'll take anybody. That's true. Um, so apparently we need to keep eyes on the carnival. So, oh, and the carnival fair thing is called the Grange Fair. Oh, cute. Yeah, so investigators are thinking that these shady carnival workers may have targeted the boob house as an easy score for tools and other equipment because they had that huge garage. Huge garage with, like, probably expensive-ass shit. Yeah, and Sam probably kept the doors open. I mean, it's probably not it's AC middle, or whatever. It's middle of nowhere, so, like, he's not thinking that anybody's going to rob them. Exactly, yeah. So investigators asked Miranda if Sam had any sort of firearms in the garage, and Miranda says, yes, Sam has a shotgun in the garage. So they think that some carnival worker was burgling the boob house, or the boob garage. Sam had startled them, and this burglar shot Sam with his own shotgun in order to get away. That's the running theory. Currently. Current theory. Got yeah. it. So they start looking into all these carnival workers and their backgrounds to see if they can find anyone suspicious. So investigators also go door-to-door to neighbors' houses to see if they saw anything unusual going on at the boob residence that morning. Um, and they don't get anything other than one of the neighbors hearing the gunshots. Well, they're all so the ready. neighbors heard the gunshots. They're but... all getting ready for church. What do you mean? Yeah. They ain't got time to be spying on the boobs. Yeah. So, yeah, the neighbors heard it, but apparently Miranda did not. And they're literally right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But Sam was a really great guy, like I've already said. But nobody had a bad word to say about him. His coworkers, neighbors, acquaintances, they all loved Sam Boob. But one neighbor in particular said that all was not well at the Boob household. And there seemed to always be a man at the Boob home when Sam was at work the last couple weeks. Ooh, I love a nosy Nancy. I know, that's so nosy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but who is this mystery man disrupting the boob residence? I cannot imagine who it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so investigators go back to Miranda and they decide to give that 911 call another listen. And remember that Miranda said she administered CPR to Sam and like tried to give him mouth to mouth. And the dispatcher even said, do you have him rolled on his back? And Miranda said, yes, I do. Which was untrue because A, Sam was super bloody and Miranda had no blood on her whatsoever and b sam was found face down so like did you flip him back over after you gave him cpr why would you do that and you don't have (laughs) blood on you I don't think so. Uh, So investigators sit down with Sam's parents and they ask him if they think Miranda has anything to do with this. And Sam's mom says absolutely not. She would never like orchestrate anything like this. And then they ask about the strange man at the home that that neighbor had been seeing for the past couple weeks. And if they know anything about that and they suggest that maybe it was a repairman and that he probably didn't have anything to do with the murder. Sam's very handy. I don't think they they need a a repairman. No, they don't. (laughs) No. And if anything, he'd probably like ask a buddy to come over and help him if it's like a two-hand job yeah why would they hire someone yeah they don't need no sam's probably knows a lot of people around town yeah help him with any job if he needs help they don't need to hire somebody to do it and why would this alleged repairman be there every day for two weeks yeah (laughs) when he's not home yeah that's so stupid no you're just covering your daughter's ass yeah um okay so we're going to the funeral for sam boob Miranda's there her parents are there sam's family is there it's very sad but the one person who wasn't super sad was Miranda. and you just lost your husband you should be the saddest of them all yeah and remember how dramatic she was being at the at the scene, scene? Yeah. yeah i would imagine she'd be super dramatic at the funeral when yeah. you're putting your husband to rest exactly oh my god so everyone was trying to comfort her but like she didn't 
need comforting. And it all seemed as if she was acting sad and boohoo-y. And Miranda's mother, Mama Marlene, defends her daughter by saying that she's not a super emotional person and that she didn't like it whenever other people saw her cry or be upset. Which is fair. Like, everybody grieves differently. Yes. But it's kind of weird that she acted one way at the scene and then another way and at in the funeral. Like, entirely totally different way. Yeah. Um, so I think Mama Marlene's in a little bit of denial here. Um, and one family member in particular, Miranda's brother-in-law, named Ben Court, is disturbed by Miranda's behavior. And Ben is Sam's sister's husband. And they, or him and the sister, had flown in from Colorado to attend Sam's funeral. And this part's crazy. <laughs> this part's so wild. So Ben is not convinced that Miranda's innocent in all this. So Ben says that the way that Sam's pickup truck had been parked in front of the garage was possibly to conceal Sam's body from the view of the house and or road. Oh, okay. Yeah, like he's doing some investigating. I don't know what his job was, but like he needs to look into a career change. (laughs) (laughs) Also, quick side note, there's a street sign above the door to the garage that literally says Slaughterhouse Road on it. Oh, that's chilling. It's like just a street sign that they, I don't know, stole or had made. I want that street sign. (laughs) Yeah, I just thought that was really weird. Um, But anyway, Ben is not convinced about this whole repairman scenario. He thinks there's more going on here. So Ben is being his own little detective and he knows that the boob marriage has been on the rocks and Ben suspects that Miranda's having an affair. All right, Ben. I know. So Ben volunteers to wear a wire and go speak with Miranda. Ben's, Ben is bonkers. He's like, wire me up. I'm ready. Put me in, coach. Put me in. I fucking got this shit. (laughs) Yeah. So Ben goes to the boob household all wired up to see what he can get out of old Miranda. Ben starts with some small talk and also Ben's a super nice guy and really easy to talk to and he's laying down some charm on old Miranda. So Ben is sympathizing with Miranda and he tells her that the investigators are on to her and that he is on her side but that she just needs to tell him what really happened. Oh, yeah. Ben, you are on it. I know. And Miranda kind of cracks. Like, you investigative beast, Ben. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's so impressive. The cops should have been able to do this. I know. So Ben tells Miranda that investigators probably haven't looked into her phone records yet and that she should probably turn her phone over to the authorities before they, like, up and take it. Oh, cheeky. All right. Yeah, just to, like, get ahead of everything. And Miranda says, quote, I really just want to erase all my text messages first. Well, they can still read those, you idiot. Yeah. So Ben reminds Miranda that they're able to find these texts, even if she did delete them. I mean, this is the early 2000s. Like, like all your texts are saved. It's not like I message. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Miranda is very upset by this. This is not anything that she's considered that could possibly be a thing, that they could get these idiot. texts. I know. And once Miranda realizes she's probably going to go down with the ship, she spills the beans to Ben. Uh, well, she kind of spills the beans. Oh, she's just throwing homeboy under the bus. Yeah. yeah. Bye, Ron. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Miranda tells Ben that she's been texting a man named Ron. She's never met Ron in person, but the... Lies. <laughs> Yeah. Then how'd you get her? How'd you get your number? Yeah. If you've never met in person, what? Um. But that this Ron guy got a little stalkery with her. Oh, it's the man's fault. Yeah. So Miranda then says that she met Ron and agreed to meet up with him to go get that coffee, but she backed out because she didn't want to ruin her marriage and her family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is whenever she stops texting Ron, but that Ron was not going to give up so easily, and that Ron was not going to leave Miranda alone, and that his obsession with Miranda led him to murder. Sam. So she kind of tells the truth, kind of, but she just leaves a lot out. She's she's withholding. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, 
so badass Ben asks Miranda for more info on this Ron character. And Miranda says that Ron works at the carnival. <laughs> uh, so, okay, maybe don't leave the carnies alone. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, so Ben is all, we should drive down to the fair and you should point this Ron guy out to me. And Miranda says, okay, let's go. Just like that? <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, I'll, I'll point out my husband's killer to you. Yeah. Also, why didn't you just come out with this before if this is all true and you didn't do anything? Exactly. Well, whatever. So they drive there and Miranda points Ron out. <laughs> It's so weird. Um, okay. So Ben and Miranda go back to the boob household. Ben drops Miranda off and then Ben heads back to the police station because now he has all this information and he knows what Ron looks like and exactly where to find him. <laughs> it's so strange. So investigators go to the fair, they get Ron, and they all go back to the station for questioning. Investigators put Ron in an interrogation room and they bring Miranda in so she can see Ron through like that two-way mirror glass thing to make sure that this is the right man who's been stalking her. Yeah, quote. Big quotes there. Yeah. And Miranda says, yes, that's him. Okay. So Ron is read his Miranda, Miranda rights. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, and he lorries up immediately. But investigators get a warrant to search the trailer that Ron was living in at the fairgrounds. And they're looking for any sort of clue that will tie Ron to the crime scene. And they really don't find anything, but they do take his cell phone. You know what? I have a question. Yeah. If she's supposedly having an affair with this guy and she doesn't want to have the affair anymore, the carnival's gonna fucking leave. <laughs> if he works with the carnival, yeah. just wait until the carnival leaves and then break it off with a text. Yeah, it's not, it's not a permanent... <laughs> No, like, he ain't gonna be there forever. Yeah, uh, although it is weird that it's been going on for two weeks in this tiny town. Really tiny A two-week-long carnival? Mm -hmm. That's a, <laughs> that's know, a long a... time. Oh, man. Okay, so investigators can finally see these texts that Ron and Miranda have been exchanging. And they're bizarre. Like, so they start out normal, and then they get extremely passionate, and then they get, like, super code-wordy. <laughs> Oh, they must have come up with a code while they were, like, out on a date or something. They did. Oh, man. So, investigators now know that Miranda did not cut off things with Ron like she had told Ben, and they were both pursuing each other. He wasn't stalking her. This was a mutual relationship. Mm -hmm. So, in order to get more information, investigators tracked down Ron's trailer mate from the carnival. She had to share a trailer <laughs> mate. Yeah. God. Yeah, so he's got this roommate, and Alex, I can't. I can't. <laughs> so we have Miranda Boob. Yeah. And now introduce Kermit Butts. No, that's a fake name. <laughs> that's a fake ass name. Kermit Butts. Oh my God. I can't with these names. I feel like they're just fucking with us. Yes, that's a fake name. <laughs> Kermit Butts. Your mom hated you. <laughs> my god uh, so anyway they bring butts down to the station and also kermit is also not cute <laughs> well he's a carny i wouldn't expect him to be cute oh uh, i gotta google hold on bourbon butts oh oh my god <laughs> he kind of does look like kermit the frog though his damn hairline cute. he has like a nine finger forehead <laughs> he needs wow. he needs to accept the fact that he's balding and just shave it off <laughs> Oh, man. But anyway, turns out that Butts is kind of in on this whole thing. So now we have Boob and Butts. So Butts had driven Ron to the Boob's house that morning, and Butts tells police that Miranda Boob and Ron had indeed been, like, full-on a thing for these past two weeks. Like, full-on having an affair. And Butts says that Ron was, like, completely emotionally invested in Miranda, and that Miranda told Ron that Sam was abusive and angry and just not a good help. Which we all know is not true. It's not true. Uh, 
so because yeah because no one else in their lives could corroborate this whole abusive husband yeah and she's dramatic and just pulling this whole boo-hoo i'm an abused Uh housewife bullshit story exactly she does have big leo energy you were right right i can read like people so well but if she was a capricorn (laughs) and born in like january um she would have been smarter and dug up a better plan than this that's true because my rising sign is capricorn and i'm on my shit this would this is not something i would ever do Alex is very sneaky. I'm very sneaky. <laughs> yep. Okay, so remember, Ron, he had this not-so-great childhood, and his mother would be abused by her various boyfriends. Well, Ron felt that overwhelming need to protect people, like Miranda's claiming to be. So, like, she knew exactly what she was doing. Yeah, she, she was coaxing. She, yeah. yeah, she knew that he had that hero complex, and he just wanted to be, like, her knight in shining armor BS. Exactly. So, investigators have Ron's phone, and they pull all the text messages from it between him and Miranda. But the main focus is on the day of the murder, the text exchange that day. And they're kind of going back and forth and then at 8 57 a.m ron asked Miranda if sam would be inside the home for breakfast and then at 8 58 a.m ron says and are you sure you want that pond done what and at 9 a.m Miranda boob says i would love to have a pond done and at 902 a.m ron says did you see me out here whenever you came outside let me know whenever he's in the house and then says you'll have your pond done very soon listen if you're gonna speak in code you have to speak in code the entire time time yeah like oh did you see me out here oh by the way do you want that pond yeah, like what <laughs> what oh man so they're using they're not being slick they're using this whole pond thing as a colloquialism for murder <laughs> Like, what? It's not a thing. And in both of these documentaries, Miranda's mother, Mama Marlene, she defends this whole pond thing by saying that the boob house, their basement had been flooding, and that Miranda had this family member have the same issue with the whole flooded basement thing, and to fix it, they built a pond, and that Miranda was literally talking about a pond this whole time with Ron. Marlene, I don't think so. You're an idiot. <sighs> she's in denial. And actually, I like Mama Marlene. She seems like she's a lot, like a strong christian lady oh <laughs> but she just seems so sad and like she doesn't really know what's going on it's it's a whole thing don't spoil your children yeah you don't spoil them but teach them right from wrong exactly so investigators go back to old kermit butts and the guy who admitted to driving ron to the boob house and butts says he drove ron out there because Miranda told him that sam was abusing her and that when he butts realized he was driving ron to go murder someone he stopped the car and said he wasn't going to go any further and that ron had threatened to kill him if he didn't drive him any further so this prompts butts to carry on to the boob household (sighs) okay (laughs) i don't know if i believe that so butts drops off ron in a wooded area behind the boob household and ron goes to the boob home texting Miranda the entire time and makes some like loud noises in the garage to lure sam out of the house sam goes into the garage sees ron with his with sam's own shotgun sam turns and tries to defend himself and then he gets shot twice with the shotgun the first one to the side and the second to the back which is wild. So Butts recounts that he heard the gunshots, Ron ran back to the car, ditching that shotgun in the wooded area behind the house, and Butts drives him and Ron away. Okay. So now, investigators know this whole, like, twisted and bizarre story. And it's crazy. And now I'm exhausted. <laughs> that, was, that was wild. Uh, so Miranda's parents learn that their daughter was involved with the murder of their son-in-law, Sam. And they're in complete denial. And they're in complete denial to this day. To this day. 20 years later, they still don't think she did it. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's crazy. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, and also to this day, Miranda will tell anyone who will listen that she's been wrongfully accused of being involved in her husband's murder. She claims that Ron was just supposed to come by and put Sam in his place, kind of like teach him a lesson, and that she never wanted Ron to kill her husband. So, so what about, what about the, the whole pond? Yeah, where's the pond? <laughs> what? Uh, so is Miranda a plotting husband killer? Or did Ron just get a wild hair and decide to take matters into his own hands? It depends on who you ask, but the only three people who don't think that Miranda had any involvement are herself and her two parents, Marlene and Mark. Also, like, he probably just wanted <laughs> the girl. He's like, all I gotta do is get rid of this abusive husband, uh-huh. and then I can take care of the girl and her kids. Yeah. Because I'm a hero. Yep, exactly. So, Miranda Boob and Ron Heichel have been charged with the murder of Miranda's husband, Sam, and they both have a joint trial. Ooh, I love a joint trial. I know. Intriguing. So prosecutors say that Miranda was the mastermind behind the whole thing, even though she wasn't the one to actually pull the trigger, and that she had manipulated Ron into killing Sam because of the alleged abuse, which was not happening. Well, yeah, normally it wasn't when, happening. Normally, when those things like they pull like medical records and stuff, and they'll look for like bruised ribs or like broken bones, exactly, black eyes, you know, maybe a head injury. Yeah, nothing. ain't nothing. Yeah, but what's another reason that a wife might want their husband dead? Well, you know what? Let me just call my girl Stacy. <laughs> and she'll tell me money. It's money. Yeah. Sam had a couple of life insurance policies and retirement money, and it was just sitting there for the taking. And Miranda had that shopping problem. She'd put their family into a lot of debt, and she stood to gain a lot of money if her husband just happened to die. Because she was never satisfied. And She's she was so super entitled. So fucking entitled. Yeah. Oh my god. So, as proof of this new motive, prosecutors call upon a, a surprise witness. A man named Wes Decker. Who's Wes? So Wes... <laughs> we'll get there in a minute. Uh, so Wes tells the court that he and Miranda had also been having an affair. Oh, Miranda, you a hoe. Yeah, and that Miranda had asked him to do something for her... <laughs> <laughs> shortly before her husband was murdered and it was to kill her husband Sam. So Miranda's just like <laughs> she was just, just like <laughs> black widow luring people in with her yeah. uterus and be like I'm, I'm I'm so hurt and abused. I'm a delicate little flower. Please kill my husband. Yeah. So she whenever she asked Ron to kill her husband or I'm sorry, build her a pond. Oh, sorry, build her a pond. Yes. This was not the first time that she'd done this. I wonder if like he she used a code word like build a deck with Wes, like something something <laughs> yeah. else. Something else outdoorsy and like yeah. <laughs> something you have to build. Yeah. Oh my god. And the only reason that prosecution knew about this Wes Decker guy is because the very first phone call that Miranda made from jail was to Wes. And Wes told the investigators everything they needed to know. So she didn't call her parents, she called Wes? <laughs> yeah. So like, clearly she was in love with Wes. Mm -hmm. If he's gonna be the first person, person she calls. Yeah. Like, if I'm arrested and in jail, I'm gonna call Whitney and be like, hey, um, yeah. they think I murdered somebody. Can you come and get me? Oh, man. So Miranda was having an affair with at least two men. It could have been more. Who knows? And this is whenever Ron realizes that he's been used and manipulated to commit a murder by for a woman. You knew for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, he knew her for two weeks. Oh, my God. Uh, so on March 22nd, 2011, after two hours of deliberation, Miranda Boob is found guilty on... Two hours? <laughs> wow. Yeah. This was real was quick. fucking around. No. <laughs> You're like, you done. You yeah, done did it. Brass. Yeah. Uh, so she's found guilty on conspiracy to commit murder, and Ron Heichel is convicted of first-degree murder. And they both received life in prison without the possibility of parole. Bye, Bye. Felicia. <laughs> uh, and old Kermit Butts was sentenced to 14 months 
plots for conspiracy to commit murder because you know he was the getaway driver he was yes and that's that on that boob and butts boobs and butts oh my god i just if you're gonna murder your husband maybe oh it's like that tiktok where that sheriff is like just eat a moon pie Drink a seven up or something like that. Yeah, something she, else. Chill out. Oh eat my a moon God. pie. That, that's what she should have done. She should have chilled out and eat, ate a moon pie. Yeah. D- do some self care. I don't know. Take a bath. You Take a vacation. What? You know what makes everything better? Christmas tree Debbie cakes. That's <laughs> yeah. what you should have had. <laughs> yeah. Christmas tree evil Debras. Oh, Lord. Um, But to lighten our mood, I've got some fun facts for you. Ooh, what did we pick today? Um, You remember what um he got her? Oh, mm. three babies? Nope. <laughs> The hot pink thing. Oh, the the deer. Yeah, the John Deere. Junior on a deer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I have some John Deere fun facts for you. John Deere invented the first steel plow in 1837, and it was designed to cut through sticky prairie soil. And this was a huge thing because before 1837, farmers would have to take several breaks to clear off their cast iron plows because the dirt would just stick, stick to, to them. them. So this was a big deal. Um, and they made almost 700 tractor models. <laughs> 700 tractors since the company began yeah that's so many tractors uh and the john deere logo has been changed several times over the years but it always featured that leaping deer and we're left with the modern green and yellow image that we all know and love today oh thank you joanna deer (laughs) oh man so that that was crazy maybe don't murder your husband just don't do it get a divorce you know what murder for hire never works (laughs) yeah and you know she could have gone back to live with her parents her parents fucking loved her yeah she could have just left sam and been like all right i'm out bye take the three kids go back to mom and dad they gladly would have like helped her exactly she she just wanted attention yeah and she was just she was just a bad person boobs and butts boobs and butts oh lord not good in this case it's not typically it is but not not here Mm -mm. not this time around uh um oh but before you before we go you (laughs) should give us follow on instagram yeah at hashtag murder pod spell out the whole thing yeah. and you can um see little hints for shows give us requests all the things sure yeah um and if you really really liked us you should leave us a five-star review yeah and comment on the the show and see how you liked it yeah we, we love the feedback leave us a review don't be a dick though because i just delete those <laughs> Um, oh, but we got a shout out to our most like popular country and city. Yeah. Obviously, the United States is our most popular country, but secondary is the UK, which I I'm know. shocked by because I don't know anybody in the UK. <laughs> yeah. So that's fucking uh, awesome. Thank you, UK listeners. We do have a special UK-based case coming probably in a couple weeks. We yeah. Gotta, we got to squeeze it into our schedule. We're usually like scheduled the episodes like four weeks out, so we'll figure out when to squeeze that one in. But it's yes. a really good one. Yeah. Um, so yes. And I'll let you do the second one. And our city with the most listeners is Seattle. Also, don't know anybody in Seattle. No. Um, Kylie used to live there, but she doesn't live there anymore. Uh-huh. Um, so thank you, Seattle. Go um, Sure. I don't know what that means. The, the manners. The oh. Seattle manners. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we really appreciate it, and we're having so much fun doing this. Yes. and thank you. Yeah, all the all the countries. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. There's like thirteen of them. I'm like, I don't know anybody in these places. Oh, it's really cool. It's really neat, um, and we love that we get to do this. Yes. Um, so yeah, but on that note, we'll see you next week. And we love you so much. Yeah, love you. Bye. Bye. Don't murder anybody to kill your spouse. Just maybe get a divorce. I think that's cheaper. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, Lord, that took an hour.
Thank you for listening to Hashtag Murder. Episodes are written and edited by Alex Lewis and Scarlett Hipton. Our intro and outro music is written and played by Derek Branton. Our cover art is by the lovely Lauren Walker. And our name was created by the most wonderful, supportive, and super hot boyfriend, Dustin Branton. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or ideas, you can reach us at hashtag murderpod at gmail.com. That's H-A-S-H-T-A-G murderpod at gmail.com. And don't forget to tell all of your friends about us. Thanks. Bye. Some mid-marketing, whatever the fuck it's called. Multi-level marketing. (laughs) Multi-level marketing. Oh, Lord. So Ron is med. (laughs) Shit. I ruined my own joke. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> I was like, why did I put that in there? And by their six with... <laughs> what is wrong with me? Uh, hold on. Remembrance. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Shit, I'm already screwing up. I feel weird saying it, though, because it's unrecorded. <laughs> We're alive. <laughs>